You're listening to the Power Place Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org. Amen. So are you smarter than a fifth grader? Here's some original answers from an elementary school science test. Question is, name the four seasons. Answer, salt, pepper, mustard, and vinegar. <laughs> How is dew formed? The sun shines down on the leaves and makes them perspire. These kids are smart, I'm telling you. How can you delay milk sa- turning sour? How, how can you delay milk turning sour? Keep it in the cow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what is the fibula? A small lie. <laughs> Give the meaning of the term cesarean sec- section. The cesarean section is a district in Rome. <laughs> what does the word benign mean? Benign is what you will be after you be eight. <laughs> I love these kids. While working for an organization that delivers lunches to elderly shut-ins, I used to take my four-year-old daughter on my afternoon rounds. She was unfailingly intrigued by the various appliances of old age, particularly the canes, the walkers, the wheelchairs. And one day I found her staring at a pair of false teeth soaking in a glass. As I braced myself for the inevitable barrage of questions, she merely turned and whispered, the tooth fairy will never believe this. <laughs> uh, my grandma had false teeth. She'd put them up, pull them out, put her by her nightstand. That was always freaky. So yeah, some exciting things this week. Uh, get involved and be a part of what God is doing. It's exciting. Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not the tree as you walked in today. Uh, thank you to Kelly Kelly and Jules for decorating the tree. What a, what a gift. Amen. And thank you to Phil DeJour for donating the tree. Thank you, Phil. What a blessing. Uh, this week, I mentioned last week we had a washer dryer uh, donated by uh, Sue and this week, Alex Torres and A.J. Fisher, they installed it. Thank you, guys. What a blessing to the house. Uh, also, I don't know if you noticed, over the entrance to the pack, there's a, a metal sign there that was fabricated by Denny Eastman. Thank you, Denny. And the big one's coming. He, he made a big one for the wall. So get ready. It's, it's huge. It's, it's gorgeous. And uh, what work you do. Pretty impressive. Thank you, Denny. Um, hey, if, if you want a giving statement for 2020, we need to have your correct email. If you've never given us your email, we need that. Uh, if you've given and have not provided your email on the the church center app or, or wherever you give, make sure, Rajan, would you, would you stand? 
Rajan Poole, you need to see her and uh, get, get your correct email there. If you're watching online, make sure you email the church and let us know what your correct email is so that your giving statement can be sent out uh, beginning of the year. All right? And if you're Christmas shopping on Amazon, I know most of you don't ever go on Amazon.com. But perchance you will be. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the Power Place is a charitable organization on Amazon. And so you can shop smile.amazon.com and it will ask you what your charitable organization is. And you can just type in the Power Place. We're there. You spend money. We make money. It's a beautiful thing. And so as you shop, you're blessing the church as well. So uh, choose the power place for your charity of choice. All right? Smile.amazon.com. Not that I'm pushing Amazon, but I'm just saying, if you're going to use it, bless the church while you're using it. Amen. Okay, what else do I need to talk about? First fruits offering is coming up Sunday, December 27th. And uh, God has just blessed us this past year in such an amazing way. And we're going to give you an opportunity to give that day or pledge that day. God has given us great momentum and we won't stop. I can't wait to share with you some of the things that God has done uh, with your giving. And um, so join us on December 27th. If you're not going to be there that day, you can give ahead of time or afterwards as well. But... Uh, be praying about what God wants you to do. God always uh, speaks to Christy and I, and we end up giving more than we thought we should. And it's always a good thing, because he's got a bigger shovel. As you shovel it out the front door, God comes in the back door. Amen. Um, this is living. We're in a series called This Is Living. We're in Joshua chapter 22 today. I was planning on playing in the, the three-on-three basketball tournament and broke my toe this week. So I'm, I'm wearing flip-flops today. It's not a fashion statement. It's just I can't put a shoe on right now. So uh, looks like I'm going to miss the tournament, but I'll be there in spirit. I'll probably show up and, and just cheer some of you on. I'm uh, going to have to cheer Isaiah on because he thinks he's going to win. <laughs> Joshua 22, then Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh and said to them, you have done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord commanded, and you have obeyed me in everything I commanded for a long time now to this very day. You have not deserted your fellow Israelites, but have carried out the mission the Lord your God gave you. Now that the Lord your God has given them rest, as he promised, notice God always fulfills his promises, as he promised, return to your homes in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. And here's the commandment. To love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. 
So that kind of sounds like New Testament. Well, it's kind of the theme throughout the Bible, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbors yourself, Jesus said. So this commandment, if, if, you would, if all of us would just take this to heart and sit down and do this, it would change everything. We wouldn't have any issues. If everybody did this, we wouldn't have any issues. Problem is we don't. And verse six says, then Joshua blessed them, sent them away, and they went to their homes. To the half tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given land in Bashan. To the other half of the tribe, Joshua gave land on the west side of the Jordan, along with their fellow Israelites. When Joshua sent them home, he blessed them, saying, return to your homes with your great wealth, with large herds of livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and a great quantity of clothing. My wife has taken this literally. I can't, I can't fathom. I just said that because I do want to go home today. We won't get into that, will we, babe? No. And divide the plunder from your enemies with your fellow Israelites. This is the whole principle, just, just like earlier, that... Uh, those who go to war and those who stay with the stuff both get rewarded. Everybody's got their job. And so some people are at home taking care of things. Others are out fighting the battle. And all of us join together and, and share the spoils. So the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh left the Israelites at Shiloh and Canaan to return to Gilead, their own land, which they had acquired in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. And when they came to Gelaloth, near the Jordan in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh built an imposing altar there by the Jordan. And when the Israelites heard that they had built the altar on the border of Canaan at Gelaloth, near the Jordan on the Israelite side, the whole assembly of Israel gathered at Shiloh to go to war against them. Rumors are starting to go around. So the Israelites sent Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, to the land of Gilead, to Reuben Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh. With him they sent ten of the chief men, one from each of the tribes of Israel, each the head of a family division among the Israelite clans. And when they went to Gilead, to Reuben Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh, they said to them, the whole assembly of the Lord says, how could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? Was not the sin of Peor enough for us? Up to this very day, we have not cleansed ourselves from that sin, even though a plague fell on the community of the Lord. And you are now turning away from the Lord? If you rebel against the Lord today, tomorrow he will be angry with the whole community of Israel. And if the land you possess is defiled, come over to the Lord's land, where the Lord's tabernacle stands, and share the land with us. But do not rebel against the Lord or against us by building an altar for yourselves other than the altar of the Lord our God. When Achan, son of Zerah, was unfaithful in regard to the devoted things, did not wrath come on the whole community of Israel? He was not the only one who died for his sin. 
And they hear a rumor, and then there's this righteous indignation that rises up. Come on, man, what are you doing? You're messing all of us up. Then Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh replied to the heads of the clans of Israel. The mighty one, God, the Lord. The mighty one, God, the Lord. He knows. And let Israel know. If this has been in rebellion or disobedience to the Lord, do not spare us this day. If we have built our own altar to turn away from the Lord and to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it, may the Lord himself call us to account. No, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, you Reubenites and Gadites. You have no share in the Lord, so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. That's why we said, let us get ready to build an altar but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. On the contrary, it's to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. And we said, if they ever say this to us or to our descendants, we will answer. Look at the replica of the Lord's altar, which our ancestors built, not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but as a witness between us and you. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, and sacrifices, other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands before his tabernacle. So you got rumors, you got righteous indignation, and then you got their reasons. This is why we did what we did. When Phineas the priest and the leaders of the community, the heads of the clans of the Israelites, heard what Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. And Phineas, son of Eleazar, the priest, said to Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, today we know that the Lord is with us because you have not been unfaithful to the Lord in this matter. And now you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's hand. Then Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, and the leaders returned to Canaan from their meeting with the Reubenites and Gadites and Gilead and reported to the Israelites. And they were glad to hear the report and praised God. And they talked no more about going to war against them to devastate the country where the Reubenites and the Gadites lived. And the Reubenites and the Gadites gave the altar this name, a witness between us that the Lord is God. Rumors, righteous indignation, reasons, and now restoration. That's the way it should be. Restoration. Rumors, it, it, it happened to Jesus' disciples too. John chapter 21, verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Because Jesus had just told him about Peter's future. He's like, oh, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? None of your business. Get your nose in your own business. Don't be looking at everybody else comparing and saying, well, what about that? What about no. What about you? 
If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, verse 23 says, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. Interesting. Was that what Jesus said? No. Is that what they heard? Yeah. And sometimes we misunderstand, mishear things. Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? Rumors. You ever hear about the rumor mill? It just keeps going and going and expanding and getting more colorful and more exciting. And the story, I, I remember in Bible college, somebody saw our professor smoking in his car. One of our college Bible professors. And they spread the rumor throughout the campus. When it really came down to it, they found out that he had a big pen, white big pen in his mouth. But his reputation had been destroyed. Because of, I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. No, you saw something. Rumors, righteous indignation, reasons, and then restoration. Restoration is God's plan for all of us. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, Paul writes to the Philippian church and he says, I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. Live in harmony. That's God's plan. He wants us to live in harmony. Is this, are the keys on? Can they be here for a second? Thank you. So you got, you got some notes. And if you play the right notes, they're harmonious. They're different notes, but they're all working together to create something beautiful and harmonious. You say, well, I'm the C. I should stand out. No, you should just kind of harmonize with everybody else because we want to make this beautiful and not make you a spectacle. And then, then there's dissonance. Oh, how beautiful is that? Sounds like my grandkids playing my piano at home. And some of us live in this dissonant realm. We're out of sync. We're out of harmony with everybody else. And Paul says to the, the church at Philippi, look, there's a couple of ladies there, Yodia and Syntyche. You guys need to get it together. You need to harmonize. Live in harmony in the Lord. Because if I want my way and you want your way and those ways are different ways, we're going to have some trouble. You've heard it said, united we stand, divided we fall. 
And Paul tells the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 2.11, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan. We are not ignorant of his schemes. He was talking about forgiveness and some things that were going on in the church. But he says, the enemy has advantage over us if we give in to his schemes. He said, but we're not ignorant of the devil's schemes. Can I tell you one of the devil's most used constant schemes and one of the best schemes he uses is divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. It, it's not new, it's old, it's been used in, in so many different ways, but we as the church of the living God have to be aware of the schemes of the devil so that he doesn't take advantage of us. Because you can open your life and let the devil come in and take advantage of you. Or you can shut every possible door, window, any crack, fill it up, so that he can't take advantage of you. He has no entryway into your life. We live in a country, we live in an age characterized by a lack of loyalty. A lack of I'll stick by you-ness. A lack of trustworthiness, a lack of dependability. And yet we all want to know who's loyal to us. Who can I count on when the pressure comes? Who can I really trust? In the midst of a disloyal society, I believe God is raising up a city on a hill which will be characterized by people in covenant loyalty to one another. Amen. Not just people who tolerate one another. True unity can only come about by commitment and commitment can only come about through loyalty. Psalm 133, the psalmist says, behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard as on Aaron's beard, the oil which ran down upon the edge of his robes when he was anointed. It's like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion for the Lord commanded the blessing there, life forevermore. And when we live in unity, God says, I can bless that. And he commands his blessing to go where he finds unity. Disunity gets no blessing from the Lord. Nudge your neighbor and said, let's unify. Unity is a big deal to God. So the question is, will we stand together? Will we unify? And then the, the question comes up, unity at what cost? Are we going to unify even though we've got issues? And so Titus chapter 3 verse 10, Paul writes to Titus and he says, if people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. So, well, that's very harsh. I know. It's the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. It's very sharp. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. 
For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. I've had to practice this many times in my life. We've had people try to divide this church. They were warned. And then it came to the point where, you know what? Can't have anything to do with you. Sorry. So well, that's, that's pretty harsh. I know, I know. But divisive, factious, contentious, quarreling, discord-type people are dangerous to unity. They're dangerous in the body of Christ. Benjamin Franklin said, glass, china, and reputation are easily cracked and never mended well. Trust is it's a big, big deal. And God hates division. Paul said to the Romans in his final instructions, Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. I had to shut down a power group a few years back in this church because the leader would take what I said on Sunday, come to the power group and say, Pastor Greg doesn't know what he's talking about. And this is what the truth is. Okay. Came to my attention. We had a meeting. It's not going to happen here on this watch. We're either in unity or we're not. And we've got to be in unity because that's where God commands his blessing. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. There are some people you need to stay away from. You need to have some walls, some boundaries that you're, you're okay with them but you're not letting them into your space. Amen? Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you're obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. And this, this is a very interesting verse, verse 20. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. <laughs> the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Don't take my calm spirit for weakness. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Satan's tools, they're backbiting, gossip, slander, evil reports, rumors. I mean, these aren't just bad habits, they're sin. With consequences. Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, 
Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. God knows that if there's division in your house, it can't stand. So you need to find yourself in a place of unity. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. How many of you have ever seen that happen in your life? You had a good friend, the best friend, and, and all of a sudden somebody shares a little tidbit. Well, I heard that they said this about you. And, and, and before you know it, those, those planted seeds of strife, and those words of gossip, gossip, it's a word that, that even sounds sinister, doesn't it? Gossip. Sounds like Satan himself. Gossip. Before you know it, there's a separation that takes place. Remember, he who gossips to you will also gossip about you. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one. Paul, in writing to his son of the faith, Timothy, he says this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Anybody recognize that lately? In the last days, I'm just going to let you know, difficult times will come. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, Arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. What's he say about those people? Avoid such people as these. Bad company corrupts good morals. There's some people you don't need to hang out with. They don't need to be in your space. It's interesting to me that in these last days we're watching the church have a form of godliness and denying the power of God. We're seeing a church that it's, I'm not talking here, I'm talking other places where they're cowering in fear. They've denied the power of God's resurrection and it seems that their goal is to just preserve their life. I want to preserve my life. Really, is that what God called us to? Not at all. I die daily, the Apostle Paul says. I'm giving my life daily. Not for stuff down here, but for what's coming. 
Jesus Christ rose from the dead, I walk in that victorious power. I walk in resurrection life. I'm not here just to, to make it through. Oh my goodness. I, I'm not going to deny the power of the gospel that changes lives. I'm not going to deny the power of God that heals broken bodies, that sends disease packing. If God doesn't do it, then he's got a better plan. But I'm standing in faith. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, and it is a spirit. Uh, Debbie Grandizzi was sharing with me this morning the word pandemic. The word pan means fear. It was, it was a Greek god. Yeah. Panic. Pandemic. And can, <laughs> you don't have to be a, a Greek scholar to understand. There's a spirit of fear that has settled in this land, settled in this world. In the church of the living God, we as God's people should look at that fear and cast it out. And then walk in the power of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The translation says of disciplined thinking. You need to be a critical thinker now. I'm just telling you. You need the Spirit of God giving you his power, his love, and his critical thinking. You can't take everything that comes your way and just believe it. You need to have some, some wisdom. So, Pastor, what should we do? Well, wash your hands. Basic hygiene. Wash your hands. If you need to use sanitizer, we've got it all over the church. Use some. Don't walk in fear. Invoke the power of God. Let, let the love of Christ flow through you to others. Okay? If you need to love them well, then do that. But use your mind. Think. Think. Somebody sneezes on you, wipe your face off or something. Okay? I mean, if, if you cough nowadays, the entire room looks at you like, what was that? Ay, ay, ay. But use your brain, wash your hands, you know, do, do the right things. What is it, 22 seconds? 20? I like 22. It makes sense to me. <laughs> but don't get weird. Oh my goodness. People are dying. I just, I read that the suicide rate in, in some countries are through the roof. Just because there's no human contact, there's no, nobody's, you gotta have some mind that says, let's do the right thing. I, I'm not going to get into all the other things. I just, yeah, I, I'm not.
Nobody forces you to come to this church. You walk in, you know you're, you're, you're probably gonna get exposed to something. There's a lot of people here. Okay. I've been exposed to stuff my whole life. Sometimes I get sick, sometimes I don't. Oh well. I'm, I'm not here just to preserve my life. I'm here to spend my life. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Some people haven't been hugged in 10 months. I mean, think about this. If you go to hug them, they'll, they'll freak out. It's like, oh my God, stay away. 100 feet, 100 feet, back, back. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's Black Friday. And then, you know, <laughs> I can't. I can't. But you can't eat Thanksgiving dinner with your family. But Black Friday, oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, there's a million people in the mall. Knock yourself out. Try to find a seat in the food court. Okay, where was I? Sorry. I... And our goal is not that Jesus Christ would come quicker. Our goal is that we would be Jesus Christ with skin on here and now. Because there's a lot of people that need Jesus. And, and we want to love well and, and be Jesus with skin on. Okay. Gossip, evil reports. Uh, there are three persons who are injured by evil reports and rumors. You probably already know this, but number one, the person giving it, they're injured by an evil report because they have to give an account to God for what they've said. Secondly, the person talked about because their reputation is destroyed and hurt. And the third person is the one receiving it because they get defiled because they can never again look at that person you told them about the same way. Now, you may get over your issue with that person, but they can't because they didn't have an issue in the beginning. They just heard your issue. And so they're defiled. Now, there are stages of defilement, physically and spiritually. You should know these by now because of COVID. Number one, ignorance. Ignorance of preventive measures to avoid contamination. That means don't go licking everything you see. <laughs> don't kiss every stranger you meet. Don't be ignorant. Secondly, exposure to one who's already infected. Now this is physically and spiritually, okay? Ignorance of preventive measures to avoid contamination. Exposure to one who's already infected. Thirdly, contamination or defilement by allowing the germs to enter our system. 
That's why they tell us, don't touch your eyes, don't touch your nose, don't touch your mouth, wash your hands, okay? Just basic. You don't want to get the germs in your system. So if somebody's coming to tell you a story about somebody else, you just want to say, uh-huh, no thanks. I'll get to that in a minute. Then there's the infection. That's germs overcome our normal defense. And the fifthly, the disease, when the infection destroys vital life-supporting functions. And many of us have seen this physically, but spiritually, we've not recognized it. We just allowed anything and everything to come our way, and it has defiled us. You ever play the telephone game when you're a kid? First person says something in somebody's ear. That person takes what they heard, shares it with the next person, they whisper it. It goes down the line, and by the time you get to the end of the line, it doesn't sound anything like what was said. You go back to the first person and say, what'd you say? Bob loves cats. You get to the end, it's like, Bob's a murderer. <laughs> and and the, the story just changes from person to person to person, and it gets worse, and it gets defiled and corrupt. So how do we rid ourselves? Someone has said, before you criticize someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away and, hey, free shoes. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. How do we rid ourselves? Proverbs 22.10 says, drive out the scoffer and strife will leave. Even quarreling and dishonor will cease. Notice it's a person. There's a, there's a person there causing strife, quarreling, and dishonor. Some of you could put a finger on that person in your life. And God's word says, drive them out of your presence. You don't have to spend time with them. Proverbs 26, 20, for lack of wood, the fire goes out. Where there is no gossiper, quarreling dies down, quiets down. So I'd say it's time to quit putting wood on the fire. And if the fire is burning and somebody comes to you and says, hey, put a piece of wood on this, you're like, no, 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 no. It stops right here. It's not going any farther than here. So there's five questions to ask when someone wants to tell you something. Number one, what's your reason for telling me? You might want to write these down because you're going to need these at some point in conversation. Number one, what's your reason for telling me? Secondly, where'd you get your information? I don't see anybody writing. So you're going to watch this back later. So you can, oh, there's one, two, good, good, good. We've got two people, three. Can I see four? We've got a fourth. We've got four in the back. There we go. Come on, we're raising money now. You just didn't know it. I'm kidding. What's your reason for telling me? Where'd you get your information? Number three, have you gone to those directly involved? No, they haven't. Matthew chapter 18 says, if you've got an issue with somebody, you go to them. Don't go spreading stuff. Go to them. Deal with it. There's a process you go through. 
If they don't hear you, you bring somebody else. Spirituality is not measured by how well we expose an offender, but by how effectively we restore an offender. Galatians 6.1, Paul says to the Galatian church, brothers and sisters, even if a person is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you're not tempted as well. What's your reason for telling me? Where'd you get your information? Have you gone to those directly involved? Number four, have you personally checked out all the facts? And number five, can I quote you when I check this out? Because I will check this out. Put out the fire. Put out the fire. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. Shut it down. Shut down gossip, slander. Shut it down. We need to unify. A net is a bunch of little nothings tied together. By themselves, they can do not much. But united, tied together, they accomplish great things. So there are three commitments we want to make today. Number one, commit ourselves to never spread strife or sow discord in the body of Christ. Rumors, evil reports, gossip has got to go. Amen? Yeah. And maybe you're predisposed to that. Maybe you were raised that way that, that little tidbits come to you and you just kind of want to share. Realize you may be starting a fire that won't go out and you will affect somebody's life. So commit ourselves to never spread strife or sow discord in the body of Christ. Number two, commit ourselves to always believe the best and our fellow believers. Only give a good report about someone. If I can't say anything nice about someone, I gotta keep my big trap shut. My parents taught me that. If you can't say something nice, say nothing at all. Somebody asks you, what do you think about so-and-so? Number three, Commit ourselves to forbear with our fellow brethren, realizing they too have to forbear with us. I realized as I got married that not only did I have to put up with her, she had to put up with me. And that's not easy. Though I thought I was amazing. And so do you, you think you're amazing. But it goes both ways. And so we will say, I will not judge another's motives. The Lord weighs the motives. Let him do it. I have to forbear with you, but you have to forbear with me. This is both ways. We got to work at this. So they had rumors. They had righteous indignation. They had reasons. And then there came about restoration. I believe God wants to restore us. He wants to give us wisdom. Joshua twenty-two thirty-three, Come on, worship team. They were glad to hear the report and praised God. And they talked no more about going to war against them. To 
devastate the country where the Reubenites and the Gadites lived. I mean, they were talking about, we're going to kill these people. Our brothers and sisters, we're going to kill them. They quit talking about that because they heard the reasons and they realized they didn't have the wrong motives. And the Reubenites and the Gadites gave the altar this name, a witness between us that the Lord is God. This is a witness between us that the Lord is God. And isn't that what we want? For God to be the Lord over every situation, over every incident, over everything. So we lay our lives down. There are moments when we have to distance ourselves from people. But God wants us to be restored so that we can move forward in unity. May the Lord our God be God among us as we live in unity. My friends, this is living. This is living. Now's the time to not deny God's power. Just hold on to a form of godliness. But to say, God, I know your power in me gives me wisdom to know what to do and how to do it. I will handle each and every situation with your power. No spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. I will walk forward in unity with my brothers and sisters. And we will accomplish way more than we could do all by ourselves. Because we're walking hand in hand, arms linked together. The enemy can't. You ever play Red Rover? Link arms. Red Rover, Red Rover, send Bobby on over. Bobby just tried to break through, and if, if you were linked good enough, Bobby couldn't get through. The enemy wants to break through the, the, the links that we have with one another. Time that we stand firm, immovable, unshakable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together. Thanks for listening to the Power Place Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.